Hey everyone, we are back to continue a new series we started two weeks ago that is sponsored by my new book, It's a Love Story, which is out on April 30th, but available for pre-order now. If you do pre-order, you're going to get a ton of bonuses that no one else receives. That includes behind-the-scenes footage with me, bless my heart, a love playlist, a guide to romantic movies that I painstakingly researched, and the ebook version of my first book, Why I Hate Green Beans. You get all of that for free. Check out the link in the show notes on how to claim your bonuses. You only have a few days left, so get on it. Now, as you know, this love story series is all about romantic movies, and I invited a few of my friends to help me dissect some of our favorite rom-coms, and the conversations were eye-opening. In episodes 101 and 102, we discussed Twilight, No Judgment, and the 80s gem of a movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Did I want hair just like Cindy Mancini? Why, yes. Yes, I did. Do I have it? No, I do not. But in this episode, my friend Melanie Shankle joins me. Melanie is an author, Church of the Small Things, Nobody's Cuter Than You, Antelope in the Living Room, Sparkly Green Earrings. I've read them all, love them all. She's also co-host of the Big Boo Podcast with Sophie Hudson. She's speaker, wife, mother, fashion trendsetter, and above all else, a lover of rom-coms. It took Melanie less than two seconds to choose Crazy Stupid Love as her favorite love story, and I totally understand why. Listen to this. Cal Weaver is living the American dream. He has a good job, a beautiful house, great children, and a beautiful wife named Emily. Cal's seemingly perfect life unravels, however, when he learns that Emily has been unfaithful and wants a divorce. Over 40 and suddenly single, Cal is adrift in the fickle world of dating. Enter Jacob Palmer, a photoshopped version of Ryan Gosling, a self-styled player who takes Cal under his wing and teaches him how to be a hit with the ladies. Crazy Stupid Love taught us to fight for what we love, to fight for who we love, and proves that there is magic in the Dirty Dancing lift. But most importantly, it encourages us to be better than the gap. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, I am here with Melanie Shankel, one of my favorite people in the world. Hi, Melanie. How you doing? Hi, Lindsay. Good. How are you? I am just fabulous because you are here with me and I wanted to tell everybody, you've been on the podcast before, but it was a while ago. So I wanted to tell everybody, do you remember how we met or how you know me or how I know you? Do you remember? Well, I knew, I feel like I knew you before you knew me is what I think, because Mm. I started getting your bachelor emails. Oh, I mean, like, I want to say I, I have vivid like memories of checking them at my desktop computer. is how long ago I started getting them. Like maybe I had to dial up. Like my internet might've been like to get like my Lindsay bachelor email. So and I thought they were the funniest thing ever. And I think it was Trista and Ryan is that, I mean, that tells you. No, it was, it was Trista and Ryan. Cause that was the first time that I started watching the bachelor was during the Trista and Ryan season. And your emails like made my day. And so through the years, I kept reading them. Even there have been seasons I've quit watching The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. um, But I have always kept reading your emails. And then I think you 
emailed me mm-hmm. at some point to say that you had reviewed my book, mm-hmm. Nobody's Cuter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And it was to me, it was like a celebrity. It was yeah. better than like if Harrison <laughs> had emailed me. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Lindsay Wright just sent me an email. She like knows who I am. Um, that, I think was my, that was well, our connection. I feel like, you know, exactly the same, but opposite where I was reading your big mama stuff way back in the day. My friend Ann introduced me to that. So I've been reading and then I got nobody's cuter than you. And we were just talking about this. I worked for entertainment weekly and we, we, there's this whole little side branch of entertainment weekly that we could sort of do whatever we wanted to. We were all rogue over there and nobody paid attention to us. (laughs) And we're not supposed to do book reviews, but I just did anyway. And that's why I had, I I emailed you and I said, Hey, can you give me a cover of your book so I can put it on this entertainment weekly thing? And I slid it in there because you're not supposed to do faith-based stuff over there. I just slid it in and I thought, (laughs) you know, we'll ask for forgiveness if somebody gets mad, but man, it did so well. And I was super duper proud of it. And then they took the site down like a year ago or something, but it was out there for a long time. That's one of my proudest moments is getting Jesus in on the Entertainment Weekly Uh, side. Entertainment Mm -hmm. Weekly, yeah, under the radar, under the guise of a book about friendship. Exactly. With the coolest name ever, Nobody's Cuter Than You. So good. But anyway, I remember emailing you and then you emailed me back and I thought the same thing, like, yes, she emailed me back. (laughs) And then that's whenever I had... I had toyed around with the idea of actually writing a book. I had always wanted to write a book, but then I thought, mm, I'm gonna... and then I said, maybe Melanie will teach me everything she knows and be my yeah. Yoda. And I asked you and you said, yes. And I yes. drove to San Antonio and I just sat before you in Starbucks and just let it all soak in. And yeah, it was, I told you uh, everything I knew. It you... took five minutes. And then I was... <laughs> Here's everything I know about writing books. Thank you. It's been lovely. You didn't even have time to finish your coffee. <laughs> Not at all true. I remember we were we were getting up to an hour and I thought I need to let this lady go. But you gave me the name of your agent, who is now yes. my agent, Lisa, who we love. And that was that was actually game changer day for me. So I owe it all to you and Chris Harrison. Well, I'm so, listen, Chris Harris and I are so honored. We were just talking over drinks last night and saying that Lindsay Ray is the best. Thanks. Thanks. It really is true, though. It really is true. You helped me a lot. And even um, Lisa was giving me like your pitches saying this is how Melanie did it. And so it was good. I, I appreciate that, too. And so you just wrote another book, right, that you have. It's not out yet, but. It's yes, you finished, finished it. I was listening yes. to your podcast. You're on a, the Big Boo podcast with Sophie Hudson. And I was listening and you were so excited that you have turned it in. Yay. Oh my gosh. I'm so, it feels like, you know how it, like your senior year when you get that research paper turned in, like that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm like now I'm like every night now I'm like, can I have a second glass of wine? <laughs> yeah, I can. Because you know what I don't have to do? Write a book. I mean, it's like I've worked out three times this week. What? It's like, I know I went to the grocery store myself. It didn't have groceries no. delivered. It's like I've cooked dinner. It's like I'm back in the land of the living. Like I incredible. am a, I'm a real person now. Oh, so. I love to hear it. And what number is this? This is your, how many books would that make for you? I don't know. Let me think. I think if you include the devotionals, I think this is seven. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah, that I think is that's incredible. right. Mm. Yeah, um, that's my dog that just shook oh. in case you heard that. 
Um, yeah, I think this is seven, but you know what? And here's what I was going to say too. And you didn't ask me to say this, but like when you emailed number one, I, I, for all those years that I had read you, I would think she's so funny. Why has she not written a book? Mm -hmm. Like to me, you were one of those original voices where I was like, look how funny people can be. Like, you know how you read somebody and you're like, Oh, I hope I write that way. Or Mm -hmm. I hope I'm that funny or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like you were one of those people. So to me, when you emailed and you were like, Hey, I've kind of thought I've wanted to write a book. I was like, yeah, why didn't you do that like five years ago? I don't understand why you haven't. Like, I want to read a book that you write. And so it was just such a natural, like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people email and be like, I want to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, sure you do. You don't really know. But because you had written that Bachelor recap for so many years, I was like, you get what Mm. it takes to like consistently write. So like, Mm. I knew you had it in you. So I have to say like the fact that now you are about to have your second book come Mm. out. Mm. Like, I feel like a proud, I'm not going to say mom. I feel like a proud sister. That's how I feel (laughs) about that. Yeah. Oh, it all to you. I'm, I'm your fan club president. Oh, I'm your fan club president. (laughs) So, and I can't, yeah. And I can't wait. I mean, I think your second book and I think it's hard to do, but I think, it's a love story to me. Your second one is better, is even better yeah. than your first. And I think that's a really hard thing to do as a writer. Oh, thank you. I had a, I had a fun time writing this one because great segue. It's all about love stories. And, you know, sometimes that is romantic and sometimes that's not romantic. You know, you can love music and you can love television. You can love your second glass of wine. You can love Netflix, except when it pops up and says, are you still watching? And you're like, yes, yeah. Netflix, quit cramping my style, man. Exactly. Leave me alone. <laughs> Don't judge me, Netflix. But that's what was, that's what was so fun about it is that my love for a love story. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast series because I believe everybody loves a love story. Everybody yeah. loves a love story. And so whenever I reached out to friends and said, hey, are you interested in doing this? So many people snapped it up and said, yes, yes, yes. And I was a little bit nervous thinking, oh, no, what if people choose the same movie? And I'm going to have to tell somebody, "Mm, you can't do it because my mother picked Pretty Woman or, oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. My sister picked Dirty Dance. So not one person picked the same movie. Oh, you're crazy. What are the odds of that? I know, but that, and, and it just proves my point too, that, that everybody loves a love story. And now I will say though, yours, which is Crazy Stupid Love, which came yes. out in 2011. I will have to say, Melanie, I don't know very many romance or romantic comedies that came out after it that are worthy of talking about that I, I could not agree more. And I think that that's why that one stood out to me, like, mm-hmm. because I've always loved a romantic comedy. I mean, to me, if there is a genre of movie that is like, if every time at a movie preview, if I'm going to be like, I'm going to go see that movie, it's going to be a romantic comedy always. Yes. yes. And I feel like there was such a, there were, there were years where it was like, there was always one coming out. And then we were just in this like desert. And yes. so, and I didn't see crazy stupid love when it was in the theaters, because I think just, you know, seasons of life or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it until like it came out on, I don't know, Showtime or HBO mm-hmm. or star or something. And I was like, this is the funniest most clever yes. romantic comedy I've seen in forever at a time when you think, do they even exist anymore? Right. Did you see Crazy Rich Asians? I did. Oh, yeah. I was like, the day it came out, I Me went too. and saw Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> I because think, that's yeah, the I kind think of movie I want to see. I think it was almost there. I wouldn't put it 
up there with the rest of them. I think it tried really, really hard and came really, really close to being something great. I agree. I agree. I think it did too. And I think what it, what it lacked in overall, um, romantic comedy-ness was it made up for with like style and set and fashion and the whole thing. Like it was that part of it was so good. But I do think I will say as much as the movie theaters have, have not given us very good romantic Mm -hmm. comedies as of late, I feel like God bless Netflix. Yes. Because I feel like that's where Netflix has really, I mean, it's filled several gaps in my life. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't let me lie to you. It's, it's filled a lot of places in my life that were null and void, but it has, it has brought back the romantic comedy because, mm-hmm. and some of them are more, they lean more towards the teen crowd, but I don't care. I'll me watch neither. them all. Me I neither. Don't, if it has a love story, because there have been shows that I've started to watch. Like, I'll tell you, here's an example. Years later, cause I didn't watch it when it was on. Everybody told me like, Oh, watch the good wife. It's so good. The good wife is so good. I did like The Good Wife, but I was like, I need more of Alicia and Will. That was never the main storyline. And then once he, spoiler alert, died, I was like, I'm done. I, there's there's no love story now. Mm-hmm. And I want a love story and I want a happy ending. Yes. I don't want them Amen. to... I don't want them to go off and have their, I mean, like I love La La Land, but I'm like, uh, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm, they need too. to end up together in the end. So you've just left me feeling Mm-mm. bereft here at the end of the movie. <laughs> My hand just went up as if you could <laughs> see me praising you. But I, yes, I say that all the time. I don't want, people will fight me about La La Land and I'll say, yeah, I, they did fall in love. They were cute. They sang and jazz, mm, but it was, I, I didn't like how it ended. I didn't no. like, I, I did, I need my bow. Well, that's not real. Well, I'm not asking for real. And, and yeah. by the way, it could be, it could it, be. It Wouldn't could be. you rather live over here in that it could be world than over here in that negative, cynical, that would never happen. And I, oh, I just, it, it irritated me. I got so yeah. mad at La La Land. So that's, mad. I, I mean, here's my thing. I live in the real world. So I yeah. get enough of that. Like I get like that there's not always a happy ending and couples don't end up together and they break up and there's sadness and all that stuff. I don't want that at the movies. No. I want to. In fact, my best friend Gully and I had laughed years ago about we laughed at her mom because we were like, the only movies she really likes are like Viva Las Vegas. It's got to be a happy ending and blah, blah, blah. Now I get it. It's because as you go through life, you're like, when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, maybe I'll feel sad and angsty and it's love unrequited. No, Mm -hmm. I want everybody to fall in love and ride off in the sunset Mm -hmm. with a great song playing the end. I think so too. That is one thing that, that I think crazy stupid love could have had a little bit more of as a, as a great soundtrack. Cause some of these movies that we're talking about, that's part of it is that yeah. the soundtrack and the music may help make the movie. Not For sure. Not so much about crazy stupid love before we jump into this though, is the Netflix show you're talking about to all the boys I've loved. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. And the, ki- and the kissing booth. Those were the kissing oh. booth. Mm. Um, to all the boys I've loved, which I thought was the, really probably the best one. Yes. Of, don't Darling. you think? She did such, that main girl, I wish I knew her name. She did so good. The main boy, he's so yes. darling. Darling. He's oh my darling. gosh. So cute. And then I loved the kissing booth. I thought that one was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, um, what was the other, um, the setup I thought oh, was pretty good. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I yes, thought yes. that one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the, for every cheesy, the Christmas mm-hmm. Prince, yeah. there's a well-written, 
<laughs> Which one's with Vanessa Hudgens that's so bad that oh. she's a twin? Did you she, watch that one? Yes. Oh, oh my oh, God. Yes, I did. <laughs> and she's a twin. And she happens to look just like royalty. I'm like, that is a bridge too far. I'm sorry. I she's can't. sort of British sometimes. Yes. yes. Kind of. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. My oh, my She's gosh. It was so bad, yeah. but I watched every second of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Me too. That's it. Let's so. talk Crazy Stupid Love. Why did you pick it? I mean, we obviously talked a little bit about it, but why do you think it's quintessential love story? I think to me, it's, I think it's so smart. I like, mm -hmm. um, and I really, I thought the dialogue was so funny. I liked all the different storylines and then, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's like the way everything, cause for a while you watch it and you're like, how does all this relate to each other? And yeah. then as it all converges, you're like, well, this is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just so smart and it's so funny. And I feel like it feels a lot of elements of it do feel true to life mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And so I feel like I related to so many of the different characters. And I do think part of the reason I loved it is it just came as, at a time where I was like desperate for like a good yeah. romantic comedy because it had been so long. And I mean, you can only rewatch like You've Got Mail mm -hmm. and when Harry met Sally mm -hmm. so many times, mm -hmm. but it felt to me like a, this may be an overstatement, but kind of a modern day when Harry met Sally, like mm -hmm. when that movie came out, you were like, this is groundbreaking. Like yes. the, the way they told the story, the way it was written, how sharp the dialogue was. And so this feels reminiscent of that to me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't hurt that Ryan Gosling is topless in part of it. He's so hot. I'm going to, here's <laughs> people may disagree with me on this. I I had never understood the appeal of Ryan Gosling until what? this movie. I didn't. Uh, it was it was kind of lost on me. But in this uh, movie, that all changed for me. Now he's been my boy since The Notebook. Even before that, whenever he was dating Sandra Bullock, and there's like 14 years difference between them when he was in that weird yeah. movie with her. But he's been my boy since The Notebook, and it I mean it solidified me in 2011 uh -huh. when he came on and that's one of my favorite quotes in your yours too where she says seriously it's like your photoshop yes. oh my gosh yes. he, he I feel like he was his best self in Absolutely. that moment in that Absolutely. moment in this movie he looks sharp he looks uh -huh. good He's uh -huh. a little bit of a, you know, player, but I can overlook yeah. that because, man, yes. mm -mm -mm. and yeah. Steve Carell, I think, I think the two of them against each other was pretty smart casting. I agree. I mean, it was perfect because Steve Carell to me was the perfect like middle-aged dad, mm -hmm. like just um, because the way he was able to play it where you felt empathy for him but you also died laughing at him because right. he was he was just everything that you think of and I, I mean that is my stage of life so like I'm like yeah I know that dad you know I may be married to him I don't know but I I know him so. <laughs> sorry Perry <laughs> yeah it's listen you're you're Ryan Gosling are over it just, it is what it is it's it happens to the best of us happens the best did he ever have a ryan gosling moment in his life perry i, I don't really think that he did oh i don't i don't i don't know that he did okay that's good here's yeah. here's what i love about crazy stupid love you've again we love a love story you've got you've got several different versions of what love is in this and that's like you say how is all of this going to come together at the end but you've got 
puppy love where he likes the babysitter and then you've got the man who's broken up with his wife and oh that's terrible and there's the affair over here and there's the player over there and there's the girl who has the boring boyfriend over here and does she stay with him does she not and here we have a one night stand well I don't really like doing one night stands and oh and I just feel like all the emotions are there and it works it just works it was smart smart writing yeah, it was just really, really good. And I just, I love the way, because I think at different times you relate to all the characters because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I remember it being like the the Emma Stone character mm-hmm. where you're like, oh God, this guy's a dud, but am I going to start over from scratch? Yeah. Like this, I've got a lot invested in this and you try to hold on and you try to sell yourself. And then next thing you know, he's making a big pitch that you think is going to be a proposal and he's asking you to come work at his law firm and you're like oh okay yeah and then you know against your better judgment the hot guy in the bar starts to look really good you know so yeah she um, has she has um great willpower to walk away from ryan gosling that first time good for her now her best friend is adorable i loved her great great secondary character and Josh Groban, who was her boy boyfriend. Yes. Oh my gosh, so well cast. Yes, he is the best casting. nerd. Yeah, because oh. he was so nerdy and so just boring. You yes. know, like you could just sense the whole like, oh my gosh, this guy is so, he's just a total snooze. But yes. he's solid and he's stable and, you know, yeah. and it's that whole thing of you, we've all had that person, I think, that you're like, they, they look so good on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, Right. It's like it's the whole thing of that. I think in my teenage years, like I made a list of like, here are all the things <laughs> I want in a guy. And I mean, it included, don't get me wrong, like really <laughs> deep things like can't wear long denim shorts. You know, it was <laughs> I was. Super important. That was number five. <laughs> I'm going to say that like at the top of my list was like, he needs to be able to dance well and he can't wear long denim shorts. And maybe down towards the bottom was like, needs to love Jesus, you know? So like maybe I needed to reverse those, <laughs> but no, whatever. So speaking uh, of dance, yeah, yes. I mean, the dirty dancing scene <sighs> is probably one of my favorite scenes in movies, period hard stop that whole interaction between them like when Mm -hmm. she goes home with him Mm -hmm. and just that their their banter back and forth because that's where the photoshop line is and then when you realize like that's his move yeah you know what I mean like the dirty dancing move and she's like that's your move and he's like yeah and then she and then he does it and she totally falls for it you're like there's a reason that's his move okay so then what do we do what happens now like logistically what's your move what do you mean, what's my move? What's your move? Like, what's your big move? I got lots of moves. What's your big move? I'm gonna tell you my big move. Tell me your move. You're not ready for the big move. Yes, I am. I want your big you move. You can't handle the big move, trust tell me. Tell me a big move. I work dirty dancing into the conversation. Why dirty dancing? What do we do? Do we watch it? You know the big move at the end of dirty dancing where Patrick Swayze picks up Jennifer Grey? Yeah. I can do that. Okay. So I tell girls I can do the move. I put on the song, Time of Your Life. I do the big move. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I agree, but it works every time. That would not work on me. No. Oh, God, this is ridiculous. I don't want to do it. What girls who haven't seen Dirty Dancing is like, oh, oh. like, that's, 
you want to, because here's the thing. We all grew up on nobody puts baby in the corner. Mm -hmm. That's what we wanted was the guy who would say nobody puts baby in the corner. And I'm telling you, Melanie, from experience, from experience. Yes, tell me. It is a solid move because my boyfriend Ah. in high school could do that. He could. I know. I know. I know. And it's, you know, the best place to practice lifts is in the water sure but we finally did it where we could we I could jump up over him on land now I couldn't hold it with I didn't have the core to hold it like baby did for so long and dirty dancing (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah but anyway it was and I'm telling you that is attractive and and he knew it Jacob knew it in the movie and you put on time of your life and dirty dancing move and you're done you're done. I mean, that's so any girl is going to be a goner. I mean, if you are a single woman listening to this podcast, what I'm going to say is put that on your list that you want a guy that can do the dirty dancing lift. Why not? I mean, ultimately that's going to, if, even if he wears jean shorts, there I'm going to say that, yeah. that could cover up that. So. Yes, yes, yes. The dirty dancing move trumps jean shorts all the time. All day long. Mm-hmm. All day now, yep. there's an, one of the storylines I mentioned just a minute ago is Steve Carell's son is crushing on his babysitter. I forget how many years apart there are, probably six or seven years apart. And yeah. he does some grand gesturing throughout yes. the movie, which is really sweet and unfortunate at times. Did you ever grand gesture someone older? Oh, for sure. I don't know that I grand gestured. I now I had a boy, I will say in high school, and I'm like, don't underestimate the grand gesture that there was um, when I was in high school, there was a boy that had a crush on me. And he and I want to say I was like 14 or 15. But he would drive by my house every Friday night at like midnight. And he would yell, I love you, Melanie, as loud as he could. And he'd like make me little signs every week and put them in my yard. And wait, but he was a secret admirer. I didn't know who he was for a long time. What? And then I know. And then I finally found out who he was. And that was the end of it. I wasn't interested. But it was. (laughs) (laughs) He had on jean shorts. Well, he just went my type. I mean, it goes into that whole thing of there's, I think that's the whole thing about a love story is there's a, there's a whole component there that I'm like, you can make your list and you can write stuff down mm-hmm. and it can look so good on paper, but you cannot predict chemistry. You just, no, you, can't. You, you can't, it's like a, it's a thing. And when you feel it, you feel it. And when you have it, you have it, but you, you can't force it. And, and I mean, I know, cause I felt like there were a lot of nice guys that I was like, why can't I just mm-hmm. like him in that way? Mm-hmm. And you just, you just can't. I agree with that. I grand gestured my physical therapist after knee oh, nice. surgery. <laughs> nice. <laughs> after knee surgery in college, <laughs> I want to say he was like, he seems so old and wise, but he was probably like 27. Exactly. And yeah. um, he was working out my knee. Oh my gosh, his name was Bill. And I just hearted him with my whole heart. And so on my last day of physical therapy, which was super sad, I uh, made him a mixtape. Oh, uh-huh. nice. That's I'm, a solid move. That's mm-hmm, a solid move. Mm-hmm. I made him a mixtape. And to top it all off, my friend Kimberly had a karaoke machine. So then oh, I nice. sang over um, that song, Bill, I love you so. I was just thinking of that song. Yes. <laughs> 
I gave him the mixtape with a bunch of stickers on it, heart stickers, and then oh. a pie fi t-shirt that says, don't worry, it's not a commitment, just a crush. Oh, look mm. so And then he good. started dating a softball girl. Oh. oh. Her mixtape must have been awesome. Oh, she made man. Him. But it was my one and only grand Still- gesture. Wow. Bill made a mistake. I think Bill, Bill didn't choose. He didn't choose well. Always go with who made you the mixtape. Thank Always. you. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I say, yep. too. Well, let's talk about lessons learned from crazy, stupid love. Do you, Are there any lessons that you've carried with you since you've watched this show? There were a couple of things. Number one, the storyline between Steve Carell and his wife mm. made me realize, like, I think it's that you really, it's it's that thing of that when you can, if you feel like there's something salvageable there, that like marriage is worth fighting for. Like yeah. it's, it's worth fighting for that because I think you get, um, you can get bored and I think it can seem mundane and I think you can just convince yourself that the grass is greener mm. somewhere else. Um, but usually it's just grass. You get over mm. there and you're like, huh, well, the grass over there is same as grass over here. I mean, yeah. so I think that to me is a really like a, a solid takeaway from the movie is just watching kind of the way that he and his wife have to figure out where they are and, and ultimately kind of find their way back to each other where you realize like, no, there is a good, there is good stuff here. Like, and it's worth fighting for instead of walking away to something else. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes in the movie too is at the very end when David Linhagen walks in yes. the back yard yes. and yes. everybody's like Linhagen. And how do I know the name David Linhagen? Because it's brilliant writing. That's how I yeah. know the name David Linhagen. And exactly. Ryan Gosling removes his ring and punches the guy in the face. Yeah. That is one um, I th- I think that scene is so great, but also just so special. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And then I think I think to me the other thing is, is and it's kind of what we were talking about is like love doesn't make sense sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. like you you look and just go, it's it's not predictable. It doesn't go the way you think it's always going to go. It doesn't always make sense who you're attracted to or who you decide you want to be with. But it's like it's just there's some intangible thing there that if you could bottle it, you could sell it for a million dollars, but it's like that thing has to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. that spark or that, that chemistry or that thing that makes you, you know, your heart, it's your butterflies. Butterflies are real. Yes, they are. They are Bill. Mm. Yeah, Bill, they're real. (laughs) Are there any quotes that you still recite from the movie? That's always, that's always a, a key to me that a movie is really good is whenever you still quote after all these years. I know. I think there's a couple of things like to me, I don't know that I quote them all the time. I think Mm -hmm. the one that you mentioned earlier is like, seriously, it looks like you're Photoshopped. Like when you see somebody, you're like, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, um, and then when he says something to her, like, I can't remember if he says like, take off your dress. And she's like, I'm not taking off my dress. Not with that. Now that I've seen what you got going on, you know, where you're like, Oh no, thank you. Like, Mm -mm, this I can't compete with that Um, but I love one of the other to me great components of the movie is the relationship between um, Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling um, Mm -hmm. how they end up meeting and they have their own relationship but when he takes him because Steve Carell is just this suburban dad (laughs) who has lost all sense of cool like the other day when I looked at Perry and I was like do you have your readers on over your sunglasses because and I like took a picture to Caroline and I said, here's your dad. We're at lunch right now. Don't you wish you were with us? You know, like, 
and I get it. I've got my own version of it. I mean, I, you know, you just, there's a little part of you where you're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but when he takes him shopping, when he decides to take, when yeah. Ryan Gosling is going to help Steve Carell, and when he looks down at his shoes and he's like, are you the billionaire owner of Apple computers? Then you shouldn't wear New Balance sneakers ever. And he's just got on those sad, like those dad jeans, you know, that like slump over because they're really too long, but they just bunch up on the New Balance sneakers. I love that. Like, I love that. And when he like just takes him and just throws, throws them over, like, shouldn't wear those ever. Like, it's. I also like when he says, you miyagied me. You totally yeah. miyagied me. Yes. <laughs> ah, that is yeah. any kind of throwback to any kind of 80s, anything I'm going to be jumping up and down for. So that's one of my favorites. And I always try to work that in. But yeah, I'm, I'm never miyaging anybody, but I did say wax on and wax off today. Oh, the well, person, then there you go. Yeah, the person didn't get it. They're like a young one, and I thought, mm, I need to educate you better. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Well, did you? Um, okay, so this is a total tangent, but on that miyagi'd meet, so Perry and I have discovered Cobra Kai, which is a new series on yes. YouTube. It's a YouTube original series that's Johnny and um, and Daniel son thirty years later. <laughs> And we started watching it and it's like Cobra Kai and the whole thing. And so now it's, it's so funny because like Caroline had a soccer game. She had a, like a playoff soccer game Tuesday night and like, and, and Perry was like, you need to go out there. You need to be relentless. And I said, no mercy, sweep the leg. And like, she's like looking at us like, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Did you stand on one leg? <laughs> you know, I wanted to, I didn't. She has another game Friday night, so maybe Friday night I'll stay and let emphasize my point. You got to put a bandana around your head. Exactly. Sweep the leg, Johnny. So it's, but we, we've been laughing because they show, so during the Cobra Kai, they'll flash back to the original Karate oh. Kid. But I'm like, that to me also was why Crazy Stupid Love was so brilliant because with mm. the dirty dancing mm-hmm. and the, I love movies that harken back to other mm-hmm. movies because it's that whole thing it's like when you that's why I like your writing because it's mm-hmm. like we come we grew up in the same era so when you yeah. do a quote or something from I'm like oh I immediately know what that is like because it takes you back to your teen years Absolutely. and it, you relate to it I have a friend I I don't directly work with college kids now I'm a college kid adjacent but yes. I'm, I'm, I mean, you and I talked about this, how we can't be hip anymore. And we talked about Hundo P and how that yeah. means hundred percent. And she told me the other day, the girl who's in between me and the college kids, she said that um, she was using a friend's reference in an illustration in a talk and nobody knew mm-hmm. what she was talking about. No. They didn't know. Oh. And it's because oh. they were born in 2000. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, they don't know and they don't know what they're missing. I they mean, that's... Don't. It's I know. on Netflix. It's there for you. Yeah, it Go is. And you it. need to do better. I mean, do better, Youth of America. <laughs> Go watch Friends. It's timeless. That's exactly right. And it's history. You need to know your history. You need to know where you've come from. You need to know pivot. Like we need that. You can't let that kind of stuff die. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And a big thank you to Melanie Shankle for being on the show. You can find out more about her at MelanieShankle.com. I suggest you read her books and maybe invite her to speak at an event because the girl is funny. 
very blessed to have her as a friend. Y'all, the book is out April 30th. It's a love story. Make sure to check it out and claim your bonuses. You can get those at lindsayraycom slash love story. Um, always go to iTunes and rate the show. That's how other people find us. I would love for you to do that. And please follow me on the show. Ooh, socials. Please follow me on the socials. I'm not going to take time to edit that out. Please follow me on the socials. That I'm at Twitter at Lindsay, kind of like Cher, Madonna, Adele. I got it with just one word. That's pretty cool if you ask me. And then Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Lindsay Ray. Spelled weird. Again, L-I-N-C-E-E-R-A-Y. That's the website too. Love you guys mean it. Texas forever. Texas forever.